the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. Welcome back to Bowl Season Daily. Getting your entire day of bowl action set here in about 15, 10 to 15-ish minutes uh, every single day that there is bowl games. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. And Tom, as we sit here and turn our attention, we're doubling up our bowl game count. Just one on Monday. We got two on Tuesday. First one's going to be 3.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff out in Boise for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Kent State, and Wyoming. Then our nightcap will be heading on to Frisco, Texas for the first uh, two games in Frisco. This one's pretty exciting. UTSA and San Diego State, a combined 23 wins between the two. But let's start with uh, the early game first, Kent State and Wyoming. Kent State had, as we've detailed here on the show before, a very disappointing uh, MAC championship game performance for what that team looks like when it is playing its best. That did not show up. It did not show up early and they never really were able to get things going as Northern Illinois won that game. Wyoming has been uh, very difficult to pin down, very inconsistent throughout the season. And to be like perfectly clear here for as much as I love the predictability of Wyoming football, it, it really brings a bad taste <laughs> in my mouth and we lose that predictability. So what do you, what stands out to you about the matchup? Well, you'll be surprised that in a game between a seven and five and a six and six team, kind of like you just alluded to very inconsistent seasons from, from both teams. Like Wyoming started the year four, no lost its first four games in mountain West play and then finished up two and two down the stretch. But like, this is a team that lost 17 to nothing to Fresno, which I guess isn't embarrassing because Fresno is a good team. But then it followed it up with a 14 to three loss to New Mexico, which finished the year three and nine. And then it goes and beats Utah State 44 to 17 a couple weeks before Utah State paced San Diego State in the Mountain West title. So from week to week, like you didn't really know what Wyoming team was going to show up. And then Kent State. It's kind of just what you'd expect from a team that moves at the pace that they do that, you know, they call it flash fast. They're one of the quickest moving highest tempo offenses in the country, but they compare a very quick moving explosive offense with a bad defense. So the variance on that from week to week gives you exactly what you expected, where they would tend to win some, you know, like if you look at their wins, they only had one blowout win. They beat Akron 38 to nothing. And they they beat VMI 60 to 10, if you want to count that. But Bowling Green, they won by seven. Buffalo, they won by 10. Ohio, they won by seven. Northern Illinois, they beat by five. Miami, Ohio, they, you know, beat by one. And then their losses are all tend to be at least two or three score losses. So it really comes down to 
how well their offense is performing because their defense from week to week has been consistently bad. And I think that is the key going into this one. A little bit of uh, trivia for you here. And I wonder if this note has come across your desk. Uh, Josh Allen, former Wyoming quarterback, has actually played in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl over under in his Idaho Potato Bowl performance, one and a half passing touchdowns. Oh, I think it was under. I remember the game. He was like, I, I know he completed like fewer than 50% of his passes in that game. Did he not? Three of them were at least for touchdowns, though, because yeah. he had three passing touchdowns. It was the final collegiate game of Josh Allen's uh, career before moving on to the Buffalo Bills. Actually, no, you know, he might have balled out in that game. I remember there's, I remember, because that was one of those games going into that season where it's like everybody was talking about Josh Allen. Because, you know, that was back in Josh Allen draft status days when no, you either loved him or you hated him. And I was more on the hate side. And I remember watching that game and it's like, I think his numbers overall were okay, but he was still not very good. Anyway, the moral of the story is Josh Allen has improved a lot since going to the NFL. And that has no bearing on this game. So I'll stop wasting our time talking about it. Hey, listen, um, three touchdowns all came in the first quarter. Wyoming won the game 37 to 14. And our, uh, our, our good friend Ben Kercheval with the headline from 2017, Potato Bowl score, Wyoming QB Josh Allen proves he's worth the NFL draft type in win. There we go. Ben knew all along. Ben knew all along. So how about this for some something's got to give? Uh, right now, we've got Wyoming as a short favorite in the game. Kent State short underdog. Kent State as an underdog this season. One in five against mm -hmm. the spread. Wyoming as a favorite. One, four, and one against the spread. So Kent State can't trust them as an underdog. Wyoming can't trust them as a favorite. Ah, uh, what do we do with this game? I what I'm going to trust is the one thing that has been consistent between these two teams all season long, and that is Kent State's rush defense to be bad. Uh, these are two teams that both like do like to run the ball a lot. Kent State moves a lot quicker, obviously, but they run nearly 59% of the time. Wyoming runs the ball 60% of the time, very much an old school kind of Craig Bull team that you expect. Same kind of teams you saw when he was still at North Dakota State. And I think that Wyoming is going to be able to, or at least their game plan will be, we want to control the clock and keep that offense off the field. And I think they're going to be able to do that because Kent State's defense has not shown an ability to stop anybody. Like when you look at in their loss to Northern Illinois in the MAC championship game, what does Northern Illinois do? Runs the ball. What did Northern Illinois do in that game? It ran the ball all over Kent State and kept them trailing the entire time. And I think Wyoming's going to do that. And then that's going to turn into Kent State's offense getting on the field and scoring quickly or moving quickly which means the defense is going to be going right back out onto the field for another long drive. And I just see a scenario in which that Kent State defense probably fades in the second half, allowing Wyoming to pull away. So I would say before the game, take Wyoming minus three. But if you want to wait until halftime and then take the Cowboys in the second half, that might not be a terrible decision either. I like that because even though the, the glass bowl is outdoors and, and Kent State's a MAC team, they're going to be used to um, – they're, they're going to be used to the environment of Boise, Idaho here in mid to late December. But doesn't Wyoming just feel like they've yes. got some 12 to 13 play drives that they're only going to get like three to four yards at a time and just slowly squeeze the life out of this game late? Yeah, and I just think that the style that Wyoming plays is more like even if Kent State's used to playing in weather like this, I feel like Wyoming's style is better suited 
to weather like this than Kent State's is. And plus, I'd be lying if I didn't say that the way the MAC has performed in bowl season to this point is not also coloring my thoughts about how this game is likely to go. And that's a long-standing, at least yeah, it's. It, it, I don't know if it's a principle, but it's at least a reputation that the MAC needs to do some winning to be able to overcome. We are we are still waiting for that first MAC bowl win. And they've had some shots. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the nightcap, we are going to be going to Frisco, Texas for UTSA and San Diego State. UTSA getting it done in the Conference USA Championship game, winning a thriller against Western Kentucky. San Diego State, other side of the coin, they showed up and got blasted by Utah State. Uncharacteristic in the scoreboard with Utah State hanging a 40-burger up. San Diego State's defense among one of the best in the country. The Aztecs are two-and-a-half-point favorites over under a 49. These are two teams that we pick a lot. These are two teams that we have talked about a lot. I, I got to be honest, I am mostly intrigued about this game because I think that it can be uh, a very competitive game. And when you get these matchups, I don't want a group of five playoff, but this mm-hmm. feels like a group of five playoff oh, yeah. game. Like, and that's that's something that I can get fired up about. Yeah, if there was a group of five playoff, these two teams would probably be in it for sure. Um yeah, no, this is like when I did my pre-bowl rankings, this was the highest rated non-New Year's six bowl. And it is for a reason. Like you said, it's just a really interesting matchup between two very good teams who, you know, San Diego State, you mentioned, got killed in their conference title game, but they were dealing with some absences for injury COVID-wise in that game that impacted the way it went. And they were a team that did dominate a lot during the regular season in a lot of their games, and they played really well. And this is a UTSA team that was dominant nearly the entire season until that suddenly weird loss to North Texas at the end of the year. But like, you know, they, they went on the road, they beat Illinois early in the year. So they picked up power five wins. They, they dominated a lot of their conference USA competition and they do so in a very exciting and interesting and fun style to watch. And going back, like one of the things, the differences you see between like power five and G five teams, like chip, you've been on the field, you've seen these guys, they're giants. Like, mm-hmm. but there's like a difference. Like when you go to like a college football playoff game and you see Alabama and Georgia and you're like, Oh, like these guys are enormous. Whereas the other teams are just, you know, still big. And then you see that with the G five too, where they look more like normal human beings compared to power five teams for the most part. But the one thing that stood out to me about that UTSA team when I would watch them this year is on the lines and the offensive and defensive lines, they're pretty big. Like they look like a power five team. And I think that's part of the key to their success. But one of the things about this game that kind of stinks is that we've learned that Sincere McCormick is not going to be playing for the Roadrunners. He is their running back. He's an awesome running back. He had a terrific season. He's not, he, he's kind of like the fulcrum of their offense. Like they're not just to run the ball all the time and hand it off to Sincere McCormick. They've got Zachary Franklin at wide receiver who I think will be an NFL player. And I think that, but he's the guy that everything kind of revolves around. So not having him is kind of an important loss. And it's something that I think we've seen swing this point spread because it was, we took it on the locks pod last week. Yeah, we got San Diego State and the points. Now it's San Diego State laying the points. So it's that kind of ruins it. But I still do think that this is a UTSA team that does have depth at the running back position and does have the good enough offensive line where I think this is they're going to make it a challenge for San Diego State, a very good rush defense. Right. Uh, second fewest rushing yards allowed in the entire country at the FBS level. And you mentioned McCormick. He was fifth 
in the country in rushing for the total on the season with 1,479 yards. We, as you mentioned, uh, were able to punch it in at plus two and a half last week on the locks pod when we looked at this game. With it swinging uh, the other way, is is there buyback value here? I mean, that's a it's a fairly... I know that we cross the bridge. Things can move pretty quickly once you start to get to the other side with a lot of people trying to follow the action and get in before it hits three. Would you still take San Diego State? No, I'm, I'm threading the needle here, boy. <laughs> I got I got plus two and a half in the lock spot. I have it in real life, and I am going to be taking UTSA in the points. At the, be- at the best game. price that you can, mm-hmm. and we're just... Oh boy, what can our middle be? <laughs> yeah, I am trying to middle this thing because I do think that, like, like I said, this is a reaction to Sincere McCormick announcing he's skipping the game, and that's a big loss. Like you said, he rushed for over fourteen hundred yards. It's just, I don't think the drop off to their next running back as good as Sincere McCormick is. We know running backs by and large are not not as much at the college levels at the NFL level, but you see, they're easily replaceable compared to most other positions. And I think that the Roadrunners will be. Late at least be able to get similar production out of their running backs minus McCormick. And I think that they've still got, like I said, they've got an NFL receiver in Zachary Franklin. They're going to be able to move the ball. I think this is going to be a close, low-scoring game. So I've got San Diego State plus two and a half, and I'll probably have UTSA plus two and a half or three. So I've never gone into the process of actually assigning the values to individual players, but I've seen the people who do it and I've seen their work behind it. So I've got a basic idea. And I have thought that five is like a starting quarterback number. Yes. Yeah. It's way too many points for a running back. Yes. That five points is too many points for a running back. So if you want to, I mean, if if you didn't get in already, then just just good luck. I'll throw this one on here. San Diego State, traditionally very big over team with the pace that they play with their rush defense. UTSA, the total has gone over in five of the past six games. So lot to lot to be able to consider there for your picks in UTSA San Diego State. I would say just saddle up with one of them just because it's going to be a great game. Mm-hmm. So good luck to you uh, with your wagers, with your picks, however you decide to choose to enjoy uh, our Tuesday bowl games. Again, Kent State and Wyoming at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, UTSA and San Diego State in primetime, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Both of those games you can watch on ESPN. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We'll be back. We have um, one game on Wednesday for Old Season Daily. We'll break down Missouri and Army. Till then, Tom, thank you very much. Thank you. you imaginary friends are real this is just so exciting this friday get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined showtime ryan reynolds john krasinski kaylee fleming fiona shaw phoebe waller bridge louis gossett jr matt damon emily blunt george clooney maya rudolph bradley cooper sebastian maniscalco john stewart sam rockwell aquafina keegan michael key and steve carell i need to throw up or i need a snack it's one of the two gross if with pg parental guidance suggested written and directed by john krasinski